0: 18 plus.
2: This is the Whistleblower's Daily, the bite-sized show that gives you the football headlines and some concise opinion on each, every weekday throughout the season. I'm Mark Smith, these are your football headlines for Monday the 6th of February. Tottenham are within a point of 4th place Newcastle after they beat Man City 1-0 in a pulsating game at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Harry Kane became Spurs all-time record goalscorer with the winner, he's now scored 267 goals for the club, that's one more than Jimmy Greaves. For Man City it's now two away defeats in a row, they remain in second, five points behind leaders Arsenal having played a game more. The Gunners lost to Everton on Saturday in Sean Dice's first game in charge. Nottingham Forest secured a vital three points at home against Leeds, Brennan Johnson scored the only goal of the game, a fantastic strike from the edge of the box. Forest moves 6 points clear of the relegation zone in 13th, Leeds meanwhile are only out of the drop zone on goal difference. Elsewhere at the weekend, Liverpool slumped to a 3-0 loss at struggling Wolves. Man United overcame late pressure to beat Palace 2-1 at Old Trafford. Leicester beat Villa 4-2 away. Brentford were convincing as they won 3-0 against Rock Bottom Southampton. Carey Matoma scored a late winner for Brighton at home to Bournemouth. And Newcastle could only manage a draw at home to West Ham. And on Friday, Chelsea and Fulham played out a 0-0 at Stamford Bridge. Those are your headlines. Only one place to start then, obviously Tottenham beating Man City, a huge result. For a few teams in that division, really, it keeps Tottenham competitive for that fourth-place finish. It's a huge result for Arsenal as well. Uh, And for Man City, uh, there'll be a bit of an inquiry after this one, I think. And the big news, of course, is Harry Kane becoming Spurs' all-time record goalscorer. Let's talk to host of the Spurs show, Theo Delaney.
1: Well, in a season where joy has been thin on the ground for Tottenham fans at times... Today was a wonderful experience attending uh, the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and watching Spurs deservedly win against Manchester City by that sole goal to one. That goal, taking uh, Harry Kane to the top of the all-time Tottenham scoring charts, which was a brilliant subplot to the afternoon's proceedings. Harry Kane, what a player. Incredible. Totally underappreciated by the wider public, but not at Tottenham. We know his worth, and he's only 29. If he sticks around, God knows how many he'll he'll end up scoring. And he's certainly on schedule to beat Alan Shearer's Premier League record. But onto the game. This was, I think, Tottenham's best Premier League uh, performance of the season. Uh, defensively, really solid. Nobody had a bad game. Everybody pulled it pulled together. The only slight uh, blot on the on the copybook was romero 's uh, red card which which resulted from two yellows, the second one uh, rather uh, helped by the Grealish, he spends the whole game trying to get free kicks and trying to get players booked, did an extraordinarily graceful kind of swan dive for the second foul late in the second half. But he was fouled. And the first foul by Romero was an insane lunge sliding tackle in, in City's own half in the first half. And, I, and we all said... Everyone sitting around me said that is that that was absolutely totally unnecessary, crazy. He's going to spend the rest of the, this difficult game on a yellow card. It was a hostage to fortune. He got sent off. He's the literally that's the only criticism I can offer for any Tottenham performance today. And even Romero, in between the two cards, played very very well. Um, we were surprised in the lineup not to see Porro start the, the new signing, uh, but Romero. Uh, sorry, uh, Emerson Royale who gets a lot of stick from the fans, had the game of his life. I thought he was man of the match. He was brilliant against Grealish. He was so rugged and so, so uncompromising. And Grealish got very little change out of him all afternoon. And he he, he had played very well in an attacking sense as well, got forward well. But everybody played well. Hume Son looked back to uh, uh, something approaching his best confident self. Uh, everybody, everybody played well. And actually... Although we spent a lot of the game defending, if you look at the chances created Spurs, created more chances and certainly better chances. And with better finishing, they could have won two or three nil. So a great afternoon for us. I think all, all the Spurs fans went away very satisfied. And... Um, yeah, this is this sets us up well for the European games to come and for tricky couple of tricky derbies to come, London derbies against West Ham and Chelsea. I think psychologically it, it will be a major boost. And uh,
2: all in all, a good day out. That is Theo Delaney, host of The Spurs Show, and also Life Goals with Theo Delaney, a fantastic podcast, two fantastic podcasts, well worth checking out. Moving on then, Nottingham Forest, huge result against Leeds. They beat them 1-0, they're in 13th, they're six points clear of the drop zone. Yes, we've all taken the mick out of them, signing 29 players this season. But it's working, Cooper's getting something out of them. Having said that, it wasn't a particularly good performance, this one, from, from Forrest. I thought, particularly first half, Leeds were really, really positive, really good. Missed a couple of decent chances, created a few extra half chances as well. Forrest created very little, but they've got a player in Brennan Johnson who who can make things happen. He can make things happen out of nothing. The goal he scored against Leeds was absolutely fantastic. And even though Forrest weren't playing well, he was always an outball. He always looked dangerous. And of course, the good news for Forrest is that Morgan Gibbs-White is back so quickly. We all feared that he might be out for a while. He was back starting against Leeds. He was fantastic, particularly in the second half. For Leeds, though, they're going to be disappointed because, as I say, they dominated the first half. Patrick Bamford, and I'm not going to have a go at Patrick Bamford. He's clearly not fully fit. He struggled with injuries for the last eighteen months. Um, he's not started again for four months. He started yesterday, and I don't think he was ready to do that. Uh, and he didn't look—he didn't look quite right. And that's the—that's the kindest way of putting it. In the second half, they brought on uh, Rutter, the new signing, the club record signing. Uh, and I'd be a bit concerned if I was him that I'm not getting game time ahead of Bamford, if Bamford's clearly not match fit or clearly not fit. Full stop. So I'd be a bit concerned if I was him. Leeds have a game in midweek and then another one at the weekend, both against Manchester United. So it's crucial, crucial times at the moment at Leeds. Jesse Marsh, I think it's fair to say, is now struggling because although they were good in that first half against Forest, the second half was pretty pretty toothless, really. And uh, they can have no complaints with the result. OK, then we'll wrap it up quickly with the remaining games around the league, or a couple of them at least. Uh, United beating Palace, I'm sure... If you're listening to this, you've already heard plenty of reaction about the Casemiro red card. For what it's worth, I'm in the same camp here as Ten Hag in in that if you raise your arms like that, you you are risking it a little bit. You're putting yourself um, at the mercy of a ref and you're putting yourself at the mercy of a a VAR. My only thing is that there were other angles that didn't seem so harsh. So why would you pick the bad faith example and keep on rewinding that and slowing that down and showing that to the on-field referee when there were other angles where it looked more clear that he wasn't grabbing him by the throat; he had him by the scruff of the neck. But anyway, he shouldn't have done it because it is—it's—it's it's open for interpretation, and you're, you're likely to get punished for it. So he misses three games. Those games are, as I've mentioned already, Leeds twice, and then uh, Leicester. He's fine for the cup final, and finally, then Liverpool. Um, I didn't see the full game; I just saw the extended highlights. Uh, but first of all, Wolves are outstanding, and I think they're going to be just fine. They've got a great manager in there. They've got some really good players. They've really beefed up that front line. Sarabia is there now. Cunha's there now. It uh, just takes the pressure off Jimenez, who hasn't been quite right for a little while now. I think we'd all agree with that. Triore looks like a new man. And the midfield is as solid and as creative as you could ever hope for. You know, Nunes and, and Neves and Moutinho. I mean, these are quality footballers. And they look like they're getting back to that, that Wolves from a year or two ago where they were just very solid at the back, the likes of Kilman. And it was Bolly there before, but... They've just got real quality in that side, and I think they'll be nowhere near the relegation zone come the end of the season. All right, look, that's all we've got time for. I'll be back same time, same place tomorrow on more Whistleblows Daily.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.